Hey guys, what's up? This is episode 11 of The Secret Top 10. Only two more uh, after this for the first season, I guess, completion. And this is a guest that a lot of people requested, and I had them planned right off the beginning. And this is uh, Scott Shermer, a director I worked with a handful of times. Um, he's a producer as well as a director. The first time I worked with Scott was on Headless, where he was a producer. And uh, yeah, we, we became pretty uh, fast friends after that. And I popped up in Plank Face and The Bad Man and... And uh, yeah, so Scott is probably, I guess he's the director I worked with second most after Dustin. Anyways, um, I had to have him on for a secret top 10. Now his taste is a little bit more, I would say, leaning more towards the mainstream, but he still has a really good list. Uh, and um, his tournament's also a little bit different. It's not a straight up fight kind of tournament, but it's an interesting one as well. Uh, I'm super glad that uh, I got to have Scott on there. And I'll remind you, his bird, his parakeets do interrupt a little bit. So you'll hear some, you'll hear some parakeets in the background. Again, you know, this is the Zoom. Uh, this is the kind of stuff you have to deal with. It's perfectly fine. I was super happy to have Scott do it. Um, yeah, he mentions his reviewing website and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we talk a little bit about, you know, just films in general afterwards and, and kind of indie movies. And we have some bad man talk here and there. But anyways, please enjoy episode 11 of The Secret Top 10 with director Scott Shermer. All right, I'm here with Scott Shermer, director. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's also a producer. Um yeah, I knew I originally met Scott on Headless, I think, and then we worked together a few times after that. How's it going, Scott? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I invited Scott to do the secret top ten, and I hope he doesn't give me a terrible subject. <laughs> That's gonna be really hard for me to guess. No, it's not too hard. All right. So you At know least the I don't think so. Okay. So you know the rules then? Yeah, I watched your first episode with Dustin. Okay. I don't know if that was the first one, but I saw that one. Yeah, that, that was the first one. So uh, for anybody that's tuning in, I shouldn't have to explain this, but I will. Scott's going to give me a random subject. It can be whatever he wants it as far as films are concerned. Top 10 favorite actors, top 10 favorite sci-fi movies, top 10 favorite 80s movies. It doesn't matter what it is. I have two minutes to guess his top 10. We go over his top 10. Then we go over my top 10, what I guessed. And then we have a little tournament that I thought of for the guest to go through. And they'll crown the winner of that. Sound good? Sounds awesome. All right. There's going to be a lag, of course. So if I'm talking and you want to talk, just talk over me. Like I probably usually do. Well, I never stop talking. You know that. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me know when you want to give me the subject and if there's any caveats or anything like that. I'm ready to I... give it to you. Okay. I think it's pretty broad and I don't know. What my 10 favorite horror movies since 2000 since 2000 yeah okay i thought if it was of all time it might be too easy okay so i'm gonna hit start here we go you have good taste you have classy taste i so also have some bad taste we all do if you don't you will then... not approve of probably a couple of these <laughs> what's that mean a lot of, it's well horror fans are so divided these days anyway but this list is probably not going to make a lot of people happy <laughs> oh no but they're my 10 favorites they're not the 10 best because who the hell am i to say what's the best i just know what i like you're pretty much a mainstream kind of guy more so than most of your horror fans so you are correct about that I mean, but a lot of that stuff wasn't mainstream when you liked it. Like, I doubt Reanimator was that mainstream when it came out. You know what I mean? No. 
oh man, I only got five. I could re easily fill in the list with other shit, but I don't want to do that. Uh, since 2000, right? Yep. <clears throat> I and I, I may have forgotten some. I went through my review website and I looked at a couple of different lists online to make sure I hadn't forgotten some. I don't think you like that movie. I'm, I'm losing here. Um, I'm not going to get 10. What happens if you lose? Nothing. I just have to get one. I think you need to change the rules then so that you have some sort of penalty that the audience can enjoy. Mm. And maybe you can make it fair for yourself. Like, you only have to get three. I never get any. But I if only you get one. three, then you'd win. But if you didn't, then you'd have to take a pie to the face or something a lot of pies <laughs> or something else to the face i don't know i've only got five seconds and i'm gonna lose three i can't i can't concentrate today i had a dentist appointment i'm done I'm sorry. well well it's okay it's because i know you well enough to know that the a lot of the mainstream ones that are popular you don't like so i didn't write them i fucking i just had two come to my head i'll tell you those ones at the end but okay. I did I did write down seven, and I guarantee one of them's on your list. I feel like you have to get one. I have to. There's if it's not one on the I list. I talk about a lot online. So if it's not on the list, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Alright, well, so start now? Yep. You start on the bottom and then we'll talk you can talk about the movies as much as you want, reason why you like them or whatnot. And if I've seen them I can I can chime in or not, whatever. You've seen everything. I'll be shocked if you haven't seen one of these movies. Not a huge fan of ghost stories. Modern ghost stories, though. I don't think... There's not a ghost story on here. And I'm trying to think of a good ghost story. And Well, you know, does The Changeling count? Yeah, but that's 1980, right? Yeah, I wouldn't count for this, but you like The Changeling, right? Yeah, of course. I like old ghost stories. Yeah, I don't anything love... can be done well. Just maybe not these days. I like foreign right. ghost stories and old ghost stories because the foreign ones feel like old ones, if that makes any sense. That's true. That's true. They seem like they've got more tradition to them or something. I feel like they haven't caught on yet to like the the stupid, repetitive shit that everyone else is doing. Yeah. Well, these are ranked. I, I assumed you wanted me to rank them. So coming in at number 10 from the year 2008, a movie starring Michael Fassbender... Eden Lake. First phone he sees 999. Now we've got to finish this. <laughs> Run! Listen to me. Go get him. Go! I'm fucking bleeding to death. I've got to get us out of here. Can you hold on? I know Eden Lake. Huh? I know it. I know it. Have you seen it? Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was one oh, of the I'm... rare movies that upset me so much. I thought it was unrealistic. Oh, really? I'm I mean, wrong. it kind of is. It, it gets to a little bit unrealistic at the end. Mostly what I enjoyed about it is just how tenacious it was. Like, they could not escape. 
the dread in these movies. I might have to put my birds away if they keep making this noise. I'm assuming it's bothering you. Um, I, it might pick up. It picks up on the audio pretty bad, but um, I'm not. Uh, I mean, the movie's very mean spirited. It's one of the most mean spirited films I've ever seen. I usually eat that shit up, but I remember watching that, and it just everything that. What is that? Uh, what they say? Um, the one theory where if it can go bad, it will. Yeah. That's that movie to a T, and it just drove me. And plus. I would punch those kids in the head, but it's, it's a super well acted movie. It's super well made. It's very effective. And it comes down to, was I just being a baby that day? And it, it affected me and I got upset because sometimes that works. I mean, I love the movie. Other times I'm just like, Oh, you know what I mean? Well, this actually dovetails into my number nine, because what you just said, your feelings about, uh, Eden Lake is, is how I felt about the loved ones. And I almost hated the loved ones, which is number nine. movie from australia and halfway through that movie i was yelling at the television because it became a torture movie it's about a a woman who kidnaps a, a boy from her high school and basically forces him to be her prom date at home and so at one point i don't know i guess i liked the guy and the fact that she was like using all these horrible tools to torture him and at one point she like I think she nailed his dick to the chair or something. And I was just, I was getting mad and I was yelling at the movie saying, I'm going to hate this movie. And then the tables turned and he got to get revenge on her. And it worked because as much as I hated her, I was that much in support of him fucking running her over on the road over and over and over again. So I don't know. And then there's a creepy part where you discover that she and her father have actually kidnapped lots of young men. Yep. And you and realize it's not a revenge for them. In the basement. Yeah. So what what'd you think? It's a good movie. Yeah. And uh, that guy's scream. His scream is it's really grating when the drill comes out. That scream is very guttural, I'll say, is what the word I would look for. But uh, yeah, it's a good film. It's one that people love more than me, but I've only seen it once or twice when it came out, and I remember liking it. No problems. It was, I, I didn't revisit it as much. And it's funny, it reminds me of another movie that kind of made me really mad the first time I watched it. Um, How, uh, Hounds of Love? Have you seen that one? No. It's also. another Australian one. Um, I think it's based on True Story. This uh, this this gross couple kidnaps this girl and they are like holding her hostage and she's struggling to survive. Not hostage, they're like he wants to make her a sex toy. She's struggling to survive. It's very much like the loved ones, except it doesn't have the prom. I feel like the loved ones has something that's a little bit more appealing to people because it has like a teenage like I don't yeah. know. I, I want to say maybe like a splash of scream in there, but just so much more brutal than that. It's a little darkly comic, at least yeah. to edge off a bit. Um, and there's also one similar to that called Otis. Do you remember Otis? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. It's like this big goofy guy and he kidnaps this girl and he keeps trying to make her like all the like cheerleaders and stuff and tries to relive his high school days. And Daniel Stern is his dad, her dad. And he comes looking for her. Hmm. I remember liking it. It's been years, but it reminds me of that, <laughs> so that, <laughs> that forced role play, right? Number eight. From the year 2006. 
hard candy. Yeah, get the fuck off of me! Please, I'm tired of let me go! Please! Please don't cut me! Please! 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 Another torture movie. And I just... For, it's two people in a room for most of the time. But the fact that one of them is a mature man, played by Patrick Wilson, I believe was his, not Patrick Wilson. It is Patrick it, Wilson. Okay. And he's a child predator. And basically this young girl, played by Elliot Page, then going by Ellen Page, basically lures him into a trap and captures him and ties him to a table and castrates him (laughs) and that was just really deeply unsettling in terms of movies that make you cringe the part where she's literally icing his balls and then then she goes into the kitchen puts them in the garbage disposal i have never and hope i never again hear the sound of testicles being blown apart inside a garbage disposal now there is a a bit of a twist at the end that i didn't much care for but i still thought it was a very powerful movie and extremely well acted and and really well directed and i remember being excited about the director's next movie uh 30 days of night david slade is that one at all you know what's funny i'm not a huge fan of 30 days of night either i like it it's fine i was like oh this is fine but everyone acted like it was the new night of the living dead and i just there was so much, I don't know, I didn't love it. I should have loved 30 Days a Night. On paper, it's a whole, 100% my movie, but I just didn't love it like I did. I love Hard Candy, though. Good. Yeah, Patrick Wilson and uh, Elliot Page were perfectly cast. Those were the cast, the people, I, whoever casted that. And Patrick Wilson was not a star at that time, and he became <laughs> one for good reason, because he's, he's a charming motherfucker. He single-handedly saved Conjuring 2 for me. Oh, I say the same thing about Vera Farmiga when it comes to a Conjuring movie. See, I'm a Patrick Wilson guy. He sings Elvis, and I was like, this guy's great. I don't care if the Warrens are horrible people in real life. I was actually working on a movie that um, for the company I work for, the publishing company, and I was writing a screenplay, con- turning one of our books into a screenplay, and we got it in front of Patrick Wilson, and he did not like the screenplay. But I say it's because of the author. The material that I was using, that I was basing it on, wasn't good enough instead of my writing. But who who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So that's my Patrick Wilson Six Degrees of Separation story. I'm glad you liked Hard Candy. 2005 is when number seven came out. And I saw it in the theater. And I just remember being completely engrossed and absorbed. It took me someplace dark and dank and... It's one of those horror movies also that's sort of two different movies slammed together. It changes at the midpoint and becomes something different. The Descent. There's only one way out of this chamber and that's down the pipe. Yeah, the first half is scary just because you know something bad's going to happen and you don't really know what it is, but you're going through these caves with all these women, a bunch of women spelunking, 
And there's some real claustrophobia in there. If you're at all claustrophobic, the descent will test you. And then halfway through, there's like vampires living in, well, vampire, vampire creatures. They're much scarier than your standard vampire that are like living deep underground that are like attacking them and killing them. And, and one girl has to make it out alive. So I don't know. It's a simple movie, but it's just so brooding. And I don't know. I just love the tone of it. I really thought Neil Marshall did a great job with that one. I don't think he's ever topped that movie. You know that no. it'd be hard to top it, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, I think the the um, the relationship between all the girls is really well done. You know, I knew who everybody was, even though it's a pitch black cave. Um, yeah. It's gory. It's scary. It's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, the suspense is so good. You don't need the blood, but they give you that, too. So it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, the idea of an evolutionary dead end and those bat creatures, kind of like the creature from Black Lagoon. It's just like you shouldn't fucking exist or you, you don't know how long they've been down there or if somebody just fell down there and like or they were always there. It's very creepy. Yeah, it, it, it takes you someplace. One of the reasons I can like a movie is because it's well made, you know, from a. I don't know from uh, you can stand outside say oh they did a good job making that but one of the other reasons i can enjoy movies if it really transports me somewhere like how much do you feel like you are the character in the situation and and the descent's one of those that did that for me this one um it came out in number six came out in 2010 and my introduction to this movie was through arthur cullifer another friend of ours and arthur told me he hated this movie and he convinced me not to see it for several years. I only saw it this past year, so I waited a decade to see this movie because Arthur Cullifer said it was terrible. It's Monsters. Aliens have been evacuated. A new life form. He's mysterious. The quarantine. They're taking us through the infected zone. It's the only option we've got. And he hated it because it's called Monsters and didn't feel like there were hardly any monsters in it. But when I saw it, I was a little bit, and, you know, I could go either way with it at the halfway point. But then the last half ended up being, I thought, really inventive by having the creatures actually not be monsters. And, you know, they're just creatures trying to get together and survive on a planet that, they were just kind of thrust upon. You really started to feel for the monsters and they stopped being scary and started becoming mysterious. And another reason I really liked the movie is because just like The Descent, it took me someplace. I really felt like I was in a post-apocalyptic South America trying to make it to the border of Texas. And the scenes from the pyramid and the empty barren interstates and just wastelands of Texas I just, I love that stuff. I'm kind of a sucker for old abandoned locations in a post-apocalyptic environment. So I don't know, the Monsters the movie kind of hit me. What'd you think? I know a lot of people go different ways. With I that. actually have it. I've never watched it. I love post-apocalyptic movies. I, you know, the the deserted landscape stuff I'm, I'm big into. Or even if in movie just like, hey, we found this deserted amusement park and we're going to walk around it. I'm a sucker for that. Just like dead happiness, <laughs> like, like lost dreams, broken dreams, all that kind of shit. But no, the movie sounds really cool. And uh, again, it's one of those things where, where it takes you to a world of guessing, like, how do they get here? What are they? And that's why I like Lovecraft so much. Just, he doesn't give you all the answers. He shouldn't. No, he sure don't. This one 
Number five also divides people. I hear people love it or hate it, but when I saw it, I loved it. I have a, it came out in 2007. I have an affinity for ensemble casts trapped in a location. So I was immediately interested in this movie, especially since it was also a Stephen King story and directed by Frank Darabont, The Mist. Oh my God. Something in the mist! Something in the mist took John Lee! And catch your breath. Something in the mist took John Lee. I loved the mist. I don't, to, for me, the creature design is one of the big criticisms that people bring up. I don't care so much about that. Um, I just thought the suspense, the atmosphere, the story, the characters, everything worked for me. So I didn't care so much what the monsters looked like. And the ending, uh, I didn't read what Stephen King wrote, but he himself, I read, said he prefers the movie's ending. I liked the movie's ending. I thought it was brutal and devastating. It's a great movie. Um, it's one of the, you know, there was a time when a lot of those Stephen King movies at that time weren't very good. There was like the early ones that were great. And then like there was some real shit. And then there was this one. And then there was some real shit. Now there's some good ones again. You know what I mean? Yeah, it had a great cast. The ending of the original novella, if you want me to tell you. Sure. It's um, basically they're riding into the mist forever. And he basically says, I'm almost out of gas. And uh, I got four bullets left or something like that. And I guess we'll just keep riding until we run out of gas. And maybe i'll use these bullets kind of like that so it leaves it in a way it's darker for humanity but for that individual character there's nothing quite as dark as doing something that you so fucked up uh you said the cast too thomas jane he was a really good hero for that marcia gay harden as the religious freak that's among them boy she was interesting she was and i love francis sternhagen in anything She's always good to have her around. Was that the uh, female interest of Thomas Jane? The older woman that's in the car with them at the oh, very yeah. end. And the other, the old timer is Jeffrey DeMunn, too. I don't know him. He's in uh, all Frank Darabont's movies. He's in The Shawshank Redemption. He's in The Blob. He gets eaten by The Blob. He's the sheriff who winks when he's on the uh, the telephone <laughs> booth. He's in a hundred. He's in Christmas Evil. More stuff. I may Green have seen Mile. it, I don't remember it. You've again got much more on me than than only random Orman. character actors. But then I won't know who a starlet from the fifties is. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but I can tell you Nicholas Wurt's entire career. Well, I don't know much about today. When like the Oscars were the other night, I didn't recognize a good number of the people that they were talking to on the carpet or on the stage. Even I'm like, I have I don't know who these people are, and nor do I care to find out most of the time. That's me. Surely, I bet you're going to argue about this one. And I hope you don't, but I bet you are because most people, I just, I hear nothing but trash talk for this movie. 2008, it came out. My number four is Cloverfield. No problems with Cloverfield. No problems with it. No, it's fine. I, I saw that in theaters and enjoyed it. I've not seen it since, though. I love monsters so much, and good monster movie is just so hard to come by. That I ate it up with a spoon. I thought the 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 way the monster was presented, the way it was introduced, the fact that it had little monsters that came off of it and could kind of fight them in the subway tunnels, and the, I, this is a movie that I thought handheld and 
shot on video, uh, the Blair Witch type thing is so overdone, but it was perfect for that movie, for the for the Cloverfield. And I've seen it a few times now and it's still entertaining. It's one that I can actually rewatch over and over and still enjoy. So to all the haters out there, I'm sorry. I really like Cloverfield. I don't know why you don't. <laughs> I think as you get older, like even if you don't like something, you can't be like Cloverfield's an awful movie. It's like, is it, is it really an awful movie or you just don't like it? Like that, that's so much times. Like I'm not a huge fan of the Dark Knight, but it's a it's a good movie. Good movie, yeah. What am I talking? It's just not for me. Like it's not what I want in that kind of thing. Yeah. Does it make it bad? No. No. Good, bad, or do you just like it? I don't know. This next one, maybe you'll argue with. Uh, I, I can stand by my one and two, but number three is a, I don't know, somewhat of a guilty pleasure. And my friend CJ gives me so much crap for this. Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds from 2005 is Love one it. of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen. I just, I, it, it haunts me. My nightmares, if when I have them, tend to be about uh, end of the world scenarios. And these, the images he conjured of those tripods, the way they vaporize people just instantly, shots of bodies, of the, the clothing people wore falling out of the sky because they vaporized in the air, dead bodies floating down the river, a train shooting by on fire, that movie just gets me and some people criticize the part in the middle with tim robbins but i thought that was a nice little micro movie inside a bigger movie tom cruise i don't like him i mean he's not he's never the reason i like a movie anymore but i didn't think he hurt the movie at all and the kid actors i thought were really good and and sometimes people argue about the ending but i don't think the ending was a letdown for me because if you had any other ending you would have seen it coming. You would have known that there was a solution that people were working toward. And since we didn't have that solution in progress, the movie got to stay in that constant state of dread and fear longer. So I just ate War of the Worlds up and it's another one I can watch over and over. I'm also a big fan of that. I got the, uh, we did a, a Survive 05, honestly, 2005. And I watched 76 horror movies from 2005 and that made my top 10. And I didn't think it was. I was the only one that had it on my list. I was like, I think it's a horror movie. I think it's scarier than any other movie on the fucking list besides The Descent. So I don't know what cool. you say. And um, honestly, I uh, hard to watch those movies. Seventy five from two thousand five. We we have months where I keep watching, and then I'll I'll scoot them in. We take like four or five months in between these retro years. Right now, I'm on ninety four, and I'm at a hundred and like seven. Wow, I didn't know that you were quite that dorky like me. <laughs> Yeah, because I'll do like 80s weekend or 90s weekend with my viewing. And then I also try to watch one from every year in chronological order. I'm kind of a dork that way, but I've never made a commitment to like 75 movies from all from the same year. It's the only time you'll ever find a hidden gem that no one else knows what the fuck it is. Sometimes you find some real turds, though. You can tell what a turd is half the time for me. Like yeah. if I see it, I'm like, this one I know I'm not going to like. But what you said about War of the Worlds is my review on Letterboxd. I said, when I have nightmares, it's this. Yeah, yeah. Probably Fair a common fear. This, the, my favorite part, and I actually, this is a scene I just pop in and watch the scene, is uh, at the ferry. I love the scene when all the people are trying to get on the ferry boat 
and suddenly two or three tripods appear over the hill behind them and everyone's running to try and get away from them and then there's a tripod in the water that comes up tips the ferry boat over that's some scary ass shit oh yeah it, it does feel like human nature at its worst and and realistic human nature at its worst not i've seen some of these movies that i don't want to mother's day remake you watch that no no interest it basically, it's nothing like the original Mother's Day, which I'm not a huge fan of anyways. I've not seen it in years, but um, it basically tells you how shitty humans are, but then paints them as aliens. Like, this person's not acting, in War of the Worlds, I feel like, yeah, they're going to panic, they're going to push. I'm, I'll trample a bunch of people to save my mom or my, my nephews. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but in a panic, you would. Yeah, you would. Number two. This one surprised me. It's from 2008. I didn't think I'd like it, um, and it just kind of won me over as it went. It's a dark, dark story. It takes place in New York City. Um, Bradley Cooper's in it, starts noticing this creepy guy in the subway system, starts investigating him, finds out he's a killer, and uh, eventually you realize there's a whole fantastic underworld in New York City and that it's basically calling him to fulfill his destiny in that that dark world of delivering human bodies to these monsters living under the city. I love the way Midnight Meat Train is the movie. I just love the way that it starts out so reality-based and so believable and just kind of goes into the fantastic in a nice Clive Barker way because it's based on a, a book by him. I thought it was... The second best Clive Barker movie after Hellraiser. I followed them into the subway. He butchers them like cattle. They never find the remains because he unloads the meat somewhere. Just to go for the ride. I got a train to catch. Yeah, I, I remember liking that movie, but I only saw it the one time. And to, it'd be really interesting. I mentioned that movie one time. Somebody brought Bradley Cooper up at work, and I was like, well, you started off in fucking Midnight Me Train. And the guys just at work were like, started laughing. I was like, yeah, it's a movie. It sounds like a porno, but Midnight Me yeah, Train. But it, is, it is Clyde Parker, so you can expect that kind of name for a movie. Um, no, Bradley Cooper has come such a long way, too. He's a fantastic yeah. actor. And yeah. I think the only complaint I had about that originally was probably the CGI, but that's also... yeah. Uh, 20 year old dave being like cgi is stupid and this is like dave shut the fuck up now now you only complain about cgi when you hate the movie in the first place it's honest yeah That's i remember not liking the cgi but it didn't it didn't take the movie's score down too much for me also it was a good use of brooke shields i like to see actors that you haven't seen in a long time doing something she's doing in well in it i didn't remember she was in it like i said i remembered bradley cooper and uh vinnie jones right yeah and he's the bad guy and Ted Raimi with his eyeball out of his face. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it for a little while. I actually just got a, a, a new, I think it's German. I can't tell what language it's in. It has like a fluffy clamshell case. It's weird, but I saw it on DiabolicDVD.com uh, and I was like, oh, I better get it because I only had like two left. 
So I was, I don't know. I'm, in, I'm weird. I have to buy things with unique packaging sometimes. Did you say post 2000? So anything after 2000 or was it 2000 to 2010? Anything after the year 2000. Okay, okay. There are none before 2005 on my list. Some almost made it. I think the oh. worst time for horror is 96 to about 2006. It's absolute garbage. Yeah, you might be right about that. I I thought about um, Final Destination because um, I just enjoy it. It's, it's a fun. Good movie. It's a fun movie. I can watch a lot. And oh, what was it? Oh, I like Jeepers Creepers a lot. And I don't care what people say. The director is a horrible person for what he did. But the movie, I separate the art from the artist. I think Jeepers Creepers is pretty awesome. Um, but they weren't quite enough to make the top 10. Surely you know my number one from 2015. The Witch. The Witch, you're yeah, right. Thank you. That is the best it's movie. It's the that only came out. horror movie I've given a perfect 10 to this century. Well, it's a great movie. I mean, how can you argue The Witch? What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. A lot of people don't like it. They just don't get it. And I think maybe they try too hard to understand the language, maybe. And that's why they don't get it. They got subtitles. Watch over you. It's kind of like Shakespeare. You don't have to understand every word. Emotionally, you know what they're talking about and how they're feeling. And wow, that movie. That's another one like Midnight Meat Train, actually, where it starts out so real. And you don't know if it's people, the characters are crazy or if things are actually happening and the end of that movie i saw it with brian williams we were in the theater there weren't very many other people there and i just remember at the end of that movie that was a hell yeah moment i love the way it went at the very end i thought it was bold and brave and some amazing performances especially from child actors that little boy gets possessed yeah that whole wow speech. he's good yeah. black philip as a new horror icon is pretty awesome um, I just ate that movie up, and there's a big new snazzy release. I think Second Sight's putting it out this summer. I ordered that because I got to have the best edition of the best horror movie that's come out this century. Yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. When people argue it's not horror, I'm like, um, did, you, did you see the baby get mashed in the glue? There's nothing more horrible than that. And did you see <laughs> the woman sell her soul to the devil? Yeah, <laughs> like, have you guys ever watched any horror movies from the 60s, like Hammer movies or any folk horror? This is the genuine, this is it right here. I don't know, just because there's not a hockey mask killer in it doesn't mean it's not horror. Just because you're bored doesn't mean it's not horror. And the elevated horror essentially means, like, horror from the 70s. That's all that means. Yeah. This is Rosemary's Baby and The Shining and those movies getting made now. I'm and Sadly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the best horror movie I see for the rest of my life. Since it's the only one I've given a 10 since last century, I kind of expect there won't be another one for 20 years or so. be hard. I mean, I walked, out, I walked out of the theaters and I didn't know if I liked it or hated it. And that's usually a sign of a great movie. I didn't hate it, but I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And I did, I was like, I don't, I was like, it's different. That's all I said. I was like, it's different. And even though it has similarities to old films, it, it is different. So, uh, yeah. I, I walked out of uh, Mother the aronofsky movie feeling about the same way some of it moved me but some of it didn't sit right with me and i ended up giving it a five out of ten because i i just couldn't wrap my head around it 
that's the worst though is when you love half the movie and hate half the movie you're like where am i at in this right like i fucking hate it and i love it but then that i love it that i hate it because i it's almost my favorite but then as little that's like the void like the void i was like this is almost the best but there's fucking something missing it's like they put sugar instead of salt or vice versa and this movie's almost a 10 out of 10 but for me it's like a 7 because there's something fucking pissing me off about it and i think it's those i think it was the motivation of the father and son who made no sense I'd have to see it again, but I remember The Void being excited about it because people talked it up and I love the way it looks. It's a beautiful looking film. And it's also, it's inspirational uh, how those people made such a good movie with minimal resources. But I feel the same way. You said they should have used sugar instead of salt or something. Or, yeah, yeah something that, that, like that. that's right. There's something wrong about it that didn't quite mesh with me personally. And it almost did, but I still like it. Yeah, I, like I it a lot. six or seven, I think. I, I really admired what it was trying to do, but something I couldn't put my finger on didn't feel right. But I love Psycho Gorman because it's stupid and it wears everything on its sleeve and it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's not asking you to like be serious about something. That, it's harder to make a serious movie, I think, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. And I wonder if other people think that way when they watch movies. Do they try to judge the movie against what you perceive the movie set out to achieve or are you just basing it based on what you want it to be like my friend john went to see Edward scissorhands thinking it'd be a horror movie and since it wasn't he, he didn't like it so yeah of course you wouldn't if you thought it was going to be a horror movie but do you take it on its own merit like if it's trying to be thoughtful how well does it do it if it's just trying to entertain how well did it do that you know i don't know if other people make that distinction but i try to when, when it comes for me rating classics, even if it's not a personal favorite, like, I always just give it a 10. Like, I'm like, I don't, I'm not giving anything less to The Exorcist than a 10. Like, I, I just can't do it. I personally can't give it a low rating because even if it's not a personal favorite of mine, I can see it's great. And when it looks at something like Friday 13th, I'm like, this thing has a bunch of stupid shit in it. But for what it is, it, I don't know if there's anything better than a Camp Slasher than Friday 13th. It's at least the first one. Maybe the burning. <laughs> I, I like the burning personally more. Yeah. But... Like when it comes to Friday one and two, it's like these things are endlessly watchable, and I don't yeah. know fuck it. the first five are for me. So I'm like I don't know how to rate these because I like them. But the first I don't. seven work for me. I hate eight. Eight's the one that I fucking eight. Hate. Yeah, eight. No, <laughs> so bad. And then when people like they're like they try to defend like some of the ones you like, but then they're like an eight too. You're like, see, now you're just hurting my cause. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth movies they're they're kind of hard for me to to review because I do they're they're comfort movies. Yeah. I haven't given any Friday the thirteenth higher than a seven, but I do watch them more often than I might watch some eights or nines. It's like how are you gonna rate fried chicken a low rating? You just can't do yeah, it. Yeah, you can't. It ain't good for you though. I haven't reviewed Citizen Kane yet. And it's one of those movies where I need to see it again, of course, but I don't love that movie because it's emotionally vacant for me. Mm. But at the same time it's like film school and all rolled into two hours but every technique and cinematography and editing and music and everything galore you know so like i don't know dude i don't know how to review how to review that one either yeah it's tough but we review movies i don't i just talk about them it's a lot it's easier and harder than what you do in some ways like writing them you need an editor I always have an editor. When I write, when I review them, I can cut. A, I don't really cut anything out, but I, if I fuck up right in the beginning, I'm cutting it out. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I gotta stand by them, and I remember my friend Peter, Peter Lopalato, not Lopalato, Peter. Uh, anyway, Peter 
saw me review Rashomon and then saw me review Batman Forever. <laughs> and I gave Batman Forever a higher score than Rashomon. Oh, I never and, saw and Rashomon. He was, he was joking. He wasn't like serious, but he's like, you just lost all credibility as a, as a film critic. And I just try to say, well, I'm honest. It's, it's how much did I enjoy or appreciate the movie? And I get Rashomon. I get why people uh, revere it for, for its narrative gimmick. But I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy watching people in tight spandex and neon backgrounds like in Batman Forever. Sorry. It's kind of like Hudson Hawk with me. Like, it's goofy. But it knows it's goofy. And I love it for it. Like, there's also the thing, like, when That's I was... That's a sore subject. Sorry, Jason Crow. Eight years old, nobody told me Hudson Hawk sucked. Nobody told my family Hudson Hawk sucked. So we rented it. We loved it. We, we, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have that critic shroud like that. Like everybody told everybody, Waterworld was terrible and uh, and it lost money before it was even. And like, it wasn't even bad, and it didn't even lose money. I don't think. Like so, it was like the critics trying to paint the picture of so many movies before they're dead on like delivery, and it's just not even. They definitely tried to do that with Waterworld. Hollywood like set out to make Waterworld a flop. And when I first saw it, I said, well, it's not the best movie ever. It's not Dances with Wolves caliber, but it's good. It's fun. It's I mean, one that I've actually seen a couple times since then. It's got good things about it. Well, Dennis Hopper is golden. No, 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 you said you wouldn't kill me. No. Did I say that? Witnesses, anybody, did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it. You said it. Oh, I may have. I may have. <laughs> Hudson Hawk, on the other hand, yeah, I would. I, I never saw it until just recently, and I guess I had high hopes because I liked the director of Heather's, and I thought oh, maybe yeah. he would bring something to it. And I didn't have anything to latch on to in that movie. I love Heather's too. That's that's Jeremy's favorite movie. They reviews me that's, with that he loves it. He keeps talking. It's in my top ten of all time. I mean, it's brilliant, darkly comedic, and everything in the right spots. Well, Jeremy's got good taste. He doesn't like The Shining, though. He doesn't like The Shining. I he guess I can Stephen get King. that, but I do. He hates Stephen King. Well, Stephen King doesn't know how to end a story most of the times, but he does come up with good characters. I see. He likes Carrie. Carrie's good. Carrie's As you real. should. You should like Carrie. Hell yeah. So here's what I did. I, for some reason, was stuck in the latter 2010 to 2020. Because I did the summer series and I did 2010 to 20, the 2010 to what, 2011 to 2000, whatever the fuck it is, right? 2010 to 2019. So all those movies are stuck in my head. The summer series is weird. We take three movies from each year. Everybody gets certain years. They argue what the three best are after everybody picked a bunch of them. Yada, yada, yada. To let you know, um, The Witch was my number one of the 30 that made it through. So, but. We're going to start. I started at seven because I fucked up and I started panicking and I started talking to you like a distraction. I didn't write anything else, even though I could have written a bunch of movies, but I knew you didn't like them. And my number seven is a movie I don't think you like at all. It follows. Mom? No, it's me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. I liked some things about it, but overall it didn't quite work for me. It's one of those things where some people complain that they break their own rules, but the person explaining the rules is unreliable. But sometimes unreliable narrator is kind of a cop-out in some ways, like high tension. 
yeah, high tension works so well until a certain point. And then, yeah, I didn't care for that. It follows, of course, I like the music. Everybody likes the music. Great. Um, I didn't like the characters. They really rubbed me the wrong way. I, I remember a lot my emotional response to movies instead of what actually happened in the movies. So right now I can't tell you what, what the characters did to make me not like them. I just remember I didn't care for them, and that kind of hurt that movie for me. The one thing I remember about It Falls that confused me, I liked the movie, and I, it took me a while to register that this movie doesn't really take place in any time or, or any season, because they're in Detroit, they're outside Detroit, Michigan, and I'm from that area, I'm from Toledo, like an hour away from Detroit, so I've grown up with that type of weather, and there's like dead leaves all around, and there's kids in swimming pools, and I'm like, this guy's a California guy, because he does not register that if there's dead leaves on the fucking ground, your ass ain't in a swimming pool. <laughs> probably not that wouldn't have bothered me though i remember liking the backdrop yeah it's a good back i like the movie i'm not gonna to nitpick a movie down to that as just being stupid like you know what i mean it was original i'll i'll, I'll definitely give props to you know somebody tried to make something outside the outside the box so number six is one that i think is pretty great black swan i had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan but her prince falls for the wrong girl, and she kills herself. Oh yeah, I that was real close to making my top ten. Real close. Um, that uh, movie has one of the most horrifying scenes. What's the scariest scene? Is it when she's cutting herself? Right? She thinks she stabbed herself. No, with her mother. It's got to be one of the mother scenes then. It's the scene with her mother when she's masturbating in bed and she's in the throes and then she turns her head and sees her mother asleep in the chair right next to her. I saw that with Arthur and Leah and all three of us were like, <gasps> like we, we reacted so viscerally to Barbara Hershey all of a sudden being there. We've all been caught masturbating or, or I think my parents just kind of didn't act like they see me and then just like said something later. <laughs> like... Um, number five, I figured, I know this is kind of a big movie from the time. I put The Sixth Sense. I think that's technically 99. I think you're right. I think you're right. But if, if that counted, it might have made the list because I do really like The Sixth Sense. And a lot of it has to do with Tony Collette. She's it's not the Bruce Willis stuff. What, you don't like Bruce Willie? He didn't hurt that movie. No. But Tony Collette and the, the relationship between the mom and the boy, and also the little B plot with that little girl that's been poisoned. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. Um, it's a really good movie. Um, number four, which I believe is 2001, is The Others, or is that 99 as well? It's 01 or 02. The Others yeah. was new. It wouldn't have made my list, but I did like that one. Sooner or later, they'll find you. Yeah, I'm trying to peg you as classic, and I did wrote those. But these top three, I think, are probably the most popular horror movies that came out in the last 10 years. Number three, we have Midsommar. You know what? If I see that movie again, it could be on the list. Because I saw Hereditary, and I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I thought Midsommar was so similar to Hereditary in message and tone that... I kind of, I, I held it against the movie. Yeah. If Midsommar had come out first, I think I would have really dug it. 
So I think I need to maybe go back. And you know what's funny? Is I'm criticizing that director for making two movies that are about the same thing when every fucking movie I've made is the same damn shit over and over and over. Well, what did uh, LQ Jones said? Sam Peckinpah made the movie, same movie over and over again. It's all the same fucking movie. But if it works, why fix it? You know what I mean? Um, it's up to somebody else to say if it works. But Midsommar could really come up back up on the list. I did really like it. I love Midsommar. And I put Hereditary as two. Hereditary wouldn't quite make the list. I liked it, though. But Midsommar, yeah, that one's pretty brutal and beautiful. And, I mean, it, it's a movie that takes place during the day, which is a rarity, and it's actually well shot, too. And it's in a, yeah. a, a, I will say this with a quotation, exotic location, I mean, because it's like a farm, but it still is to us. It is. It's a place that we're never going to go. No. And then number one, of course, is The Witch. Yeah. Which I knew you loved. You did good. I didn't. You didn't guess a wrong one. <laughs> no, I really was thinking that you were going to go with best picture winners. Nah. I, I mean, I could have. I had. I know I would have had some on there. I would have gotten ordinary people and dances with wolves. Hey, you know what came out today? Ordinary people is that the Paramount? Uh, I've never seen yeah. the movie. Believe it or not. Well, it's my number one slash two favorite movie, this and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so give it a whirl someday. And they're very similar. They're not at all similar, although <laughs> I pressed myself to think, what do they have in common? And they are both about fucked up families. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ordinary people is going to make me cry, isn't it? It makes me cry, but I don't know if it'll make you cry. It might. It might. I mean, it had a competitive... If you have, a strain, if you have, a, you know, if you have family issues... It very well might. So Who doesn't have family issues? That's true, but other people don't like it. I don't know. The first time I saw it, back in the 90s, I rented it, and uh, I shut it off before it was halfway over because I was so bored. I didn't uh, understand what it was about. It's one of those movies where you got to pay attention to the subtext because yeah. the characters aren't really talking about what's going on. you got to like pay attention to the performances, I guess. Well, that's I'm really looking forward to it because the movie looks like ass on DVD. And uh, D. Raphael Glenn, God bless, sent me the Australian Blu-ray, which I appreciated, but it's still not a very good transfer. But the packaging on the Australian release is a lot better than this ugly shit. That so I'm going to take the disc out of this and put it in the Australian release. That looks like one of those 90s like ex like erotic thrillers. Like, yeah, like, it looks like direct-to-video. looks like Poison Ivy or some shit. Like, that's their yeah. picture that she, like, broke their family picture after she fucked the dad or something. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, stick with the classy original artwork. That's, like, the same thing I am. Um, I, I thought about doing this, but I'm just going to say it on here because it's funnier. You know how Screen Factory will do, like, their slip covers and they'll do their new artist and it looks like shit? Like, I don't yeah. mind. I'll buy it anyway. It's not that big of a deal. I just want the movie. I don't. But I felt like doing this. You know that classic painting of Jesus and putting that, like, on a vinegar syndrome or arrow slip or, a, like, a Severn slip cover? Like, you know, and then do you remember that when that lady who worked at that museum tried to repaint it and fix it? And yeah. then putting Scream Factory and then putting that picture on Scream Factory <laughs> slipcover? Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah. I remember liking the artwork they did at one point. Yeah. But yeah. then it seems like it went downhill. It got weird. And now I don't really like it at all. This, the Silver Bullet one in particular I didn't care for. I don't remember the Silver Bullet one. I remember I had the Umbrella one actually had the Werewolf, I think, on it. I have both. I love Silver Bullet. It's a good one. Very fun. 
coming of age movies and horror movies they go together very I'm well or kids in peril horror movies because you put yourself in the position of a kid and you're like kids just can't get in their car and drive away kids just can't call the cops kids are always scared again no one believes them. no one believes them right right so i have two tournaments that you could possibly do one that's uh i didn't think would be good I'm for glad you. you're giving me options because if you gave me the one that, that you gave um dustin i would fail miserably at yeah. that one well i would never give anybody else but dustin that one that one's far too crazy um so we have little creatures which was not originally for you but i know that you have a deep love for gremlins or an actor pit i put four actresses and four actors and you have to pick which ones are better actors doesn't doesn't have it's based on your merits you can pick whatever you want who's a better character actor who's a better method act whatever you want to do who's a bigger that movie star fun. i'm gonna do the actors one okay so here we go now remember i only picked eight and i picked some of the bigger names right some of the ones that are considered from different times too i just didn't want to pick random character actors or anything like that so they're not the most interesting names to pop out but they're they're household names okay 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 so draw the first two names out Okay, here we go. Who's better, Leonardo DiCaprio or Kathy Bates? Leonardo DiCaprio or Kathy Bates as an actor? You know, I actually think they're fairly well matched, but I think I'll give the edge to Kathy Bates. The only thing that makes him invincible is because you all think he is. Maybe five years ago he was the fastest. But, uh, time catches up with everyone. He's just a little bit slower than he used to be. And as for myself, would you believe it? I just reached my peak. Okay. I used to not care for Leonardo so much, but I've come around. Well, when I was a kid, he was in the Titanic, so I was like, fuck Leonardo, because I was like Yeah, it's because I kept seeing him as a kid. I had a hard time seeing him in adult roles because he still looked so boyish. Hey. Hey, babies, you be quiet over there. He, he won me over with uh, Quick and the Dead. I liked that movie as a kid. But then as he started being in adult roles, he really, he really was just great. Like, he was in The Departed, but Revenant and Django Unchained, he was fucking great. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he just, he's, he's yep. the best now. Yeah, I think Revenant's when I started taking it more seriously. Uh, I do think that Tom Hardy steals the show in The Revenant, though. He's really good in everything, yeah. That one, I thought he just felt real. Like, he was not, like, you know how many characters are always like, oh, I don't give a fuck, like that, but they obviously do. Like, Tom Hardy really didn't care about anything. No, he was pretty nihilistic. Um, so, okay, Jodie Foster, Elizabeth Taylor. Again, a pretty good matchup. Jodie Foster's always good even when she was a little girl elizabeth taylor has been better than jodie foster in some movies but she's more all over the place so i think if i was going to do an average i'd have to go jodie foster makes sense now i just picture now i'm just picturing how john belushi is elizabeth 
Taylor? Is it Elizabeth Taylor eating the chicken? Strictly chicken. The SNL skit? I think there was a skit where he played Elizabeth Taylor. No, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think so. Probably wouldn't That'd fly nowadays. I'm gonna look it up. Um, so next up we have Anthony. Have you seen um, oh. the uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? No, but I have it, and it's definitely one that I want to pick to watch. Jeremy, I think would like that movie too. I've really fallen in love with that one. I've seen it two or three times in the last few years. Uh, she's really good in it. Is Richard Burton in that movie too? Yeah, Richard Burton. And um, I can't remember the other two actors, but it's just four of them. And uh, it's I don't usually like movies that are like plays. Yeah. And they don't really escape the, the stage all that well. They don't translate to cinema. But that one's really good. And I think it was Mike Nichols' first movie. So yeah. definitely check it out. And he did Crazy your favorite movie, Wolf. Night. What? He did your favorite movie, Wolf. No. I'm just kidding. But the actor who's in the Mike Nichols movie, Jack Nicholson, is going against Anthony Hopkins. Damn. Damn, these are good. I've never even played around with this kind of a thing before, trying to compare actors in a matchup. Me either. But I felt this is good I for thought you. it would be easier. But that's a really tough one. I'm going to go with Jack Nicholson, though. And I can't really explain why, except that I would rather watch more Jack Nicholson movies than Anthony Hopkins movies. He's kind of hard not to watch, isn't he? He is. He is. Hard not to watch. I miss him. I wish I wish he weren't retired. But I guess everyone has to get old and die. Like, even in Jack Nicholson's later career, I've never seen him do a bad job. You know what I mean? No, I've never said a movie hurt because of Jack Nicholson. He's never heard a movie. Like, he makes mediocre movies good. Like, I like The Border, and I think half of it's because Jack Nicholson. Which one? The Border. The Border? It's Harvey Keitel and Jack Nicholson, and their Mexican border. Um, they're American cops, but they do the Mexican border. What decade? Um, early 80s, probably. Huh. 82, I maybe? I I only watched it because I think I heard it on a podcast. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I like Jack Nicholson at Harvey Gattel, and it had Warren Oates in it, so that I, I tracked it down. But watch the trailer. The trailer is better than the movie, even though it's not an insult to the movie. It's a good trailer. It's like, yeah. it's like, doo, doo, it divided the land. Doo, doo, it divided <laughs> the man. I'm like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Jack Nicholson, the border. It divided the land. It divided the man. But uh, so the last one is going to be Natalie Portman versus Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day. It's kind of hard to beat that guy, huh? I like Natalie Portman, but the only time she's blown me away was in uh, Black Swan. Whereas Daniel Day Lewis is phenomenal in a number of things. I think the first time I ever saw Daniel Day Lewis was in The Crucible for school. I still haven't seen that one. Is it good? I mean, he's got the speech at the end, the John Proctor speech from you. Just, you know the play, right? No, not really. Oh, I, I was spoiled, but he's got a really good speech at the end. It's been years. Um, it was one of those movies that make you watch for school, and you're like, I don't want to watch this. And then like, you think back on it, and you're like, no, that was pretty good, and it taught me a lot about how shitty people can be. Yeah. Oh, so the next setup is Kathy Bates versus Jodie Foster. Kathy Bates. And then Jack Nicholson versus Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. But I tried, didn't I? God damn it. At least I did that. And then final, 
Daniel Day-Lewis versus Kathy Bates. Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay, I figured. But you know, if you had just read all those names at the beginning, we, I would have picked Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, but it's fun to see who they're going to match up. I'm glad he came out last of the bag. Oh. <laughs> no, and then the line, um, the the moment that I thought he was fucking amazing was in um, "There Will Be Blood." Oh, when yeah. he says, take him to the Cherry Festival, what do the the guy, um, Kevin J. Connor, thinks it's his brother, and he says, you take him to the Cherry Festival, right? And he responds really, like, lethargic and depressed or something, or out of it, and he realizes he's not his brother right there. And his face is just, like, changed so completely that I was just like, oh, my heart sank for him, realizing in the last bit of humanity he had left in him, left his body. Wow, you've seen that movie more than once, haven't you? No. No. That's I've seen that movie once when it came out, and I remembered that scene verbatim. We can eat and get some women. Take them to the Peachtree Dams. I say get liquored up and take them to the Peachtree Dams. Okay. I've seen it twice, and I've I don't his, remember that scene. But they're on the beach, the... and then he kills them. Mm. That's my favorite of his movies, Daniel Day Lewis. He's great anyway, I'm a sucker for movies that have a, a religious antagonist. Oh, and, and Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano is a little religious boy trying to go head to head with. <laughs> There's Daniel no Day protagonist Day. in that movie. Nobody's good. Yeah, nobody's really the protagonist. I guess. <laughs> It's just who's going to kill who first. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of my favorite kind of movie where everyone's a shade of gray instead of black or white. Have you ever seen Eureka? Eureka? Yeah, I've always wanted to see it. It's a Nicholas Rogue movie. Rose, or however you say his name. And I guess it's a similar plot. And I think I heard about this on Pure Cinema Podcast. And I guess it's basically Gene Hackman. It's made 1980, and he's like an oil kind of barren guy or whatever. It's got a really good cast in there, too. Hmm. Nope, I haven't even heard of that one. The problem with that's those what you're movies. good for helping me discover new movies. And when I get through the hundred or two hundred more movies I have to watch, then I'm going to have to hit you up for some new titles. You should check out a Pure Cinema podcast. Pure Cinema podcast. Listen to their early episodes. They they start off with stuff like that. Like that's where I heard about Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Well, I heard of that movie before, right? But I never watched it because you if you if you would see that title at a glancing, you're like, what the fuck is that, right? So I eventually watched it because of that show, and I just was like, "That's that." I love that movie so much. Nice. It's a Peck and Paw movie, though. Um, so what? So what do you got coming up? I know that. Uh, I don't think you haven't directed a movie in a while, have you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't have anything. I don't have anything coming up, dude. I'm waiting to. I'm not really waiting to be inspired because I don't think I'm going to get inspired, but I'm waiting for the right script to come to me. Yeah. If I can read something that, that moves me, then I know I could make another movie. I think I could raise the money and get it done. But right now, just to do it as a lifestyle doesn't make any sense to me anymore because it's just so hard. and It doesn't make money. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it makes extra money. It's really great at supplementing a day job. But I'm not looking to make a movie just to make a movie anymore. 
I think most most of the people that I knew that were making movies are doing the same thing. They're just not making them just to make them anymore. I think at a certain point, it's like something uh, John Waters said recently. They asked him why he hasn't made a movie in a long time. And he said something to the effect of, I've made independent films before, and it's really hard to raise the money and get the resources, and I'm just done doing it like that. And I think he said if someone gave him all the money and everything he needed, and it was easy for him, he'd do it. I kind of feel the same way in that I'm done, like, I don't know, compromising my vision from the get-go to do something that is shootable, that you can do with how much money you know you can get. Um, so I'm kind of hoping just to read something like found when I read found, um, I wasn't thinking of making it into a movie. I was just curious what the hell it was about. And then it turns out it was shootable. So I'm hoping that I can find someone else's script that is both interesting and shootable. And then I can maybe make another movie someday, but I'm not in a hurry. And I gave myself permission to not make another movie again. If it doesn't happen, that's fine. I don't care. Well, you already got movies made, so it's not that big of a deal. As long as you get, that's what I said. Even if it's a cheap movie, I got made, done. I got one done, two done, I'm done. I had to make it, even if it cost $100. As long as I went through the process somewhat, just had to get one, you know? Yeah, you've done it. It is an achievement for sure. And I feel like I've done it too. Like, I don't know. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be in Hollywood. I thought Hollywood seemed appealing and God, even 20 years ago, when I finally moved out there and talked to some of my friends, it was like, this is gross. I don't like it out here. I don't want to do the things these people have to do to get a movie made. So I knew then I only wanted to do it my own way and do it here in Indiana or wherever. And the industry's changed so much that like the dream I had as a kid really isn't something that can even happen anymore. Because, like, people's relationships with media and movies has changed so much. Yeah, they don't seem to care. Like, they can't even be sad about it, you know? Like, it just is what it is. But just look at the news cycle. Like, you don't hear anything more than a couple days, and then it's gone. It's on to something else. Uh, Right. Remember being obsessed with movies for months as a kid. Years. Years. Star Wars. Every kid was obsessed with Star Wars. And then when they went and re-released them on VHS tapes... People were obsessed with Star Wars again. When I was 10 years old, I loved Star Wars. So I don't... Nobody gives a shit. I guess they do, right? Do they? Do kids give a shit about Star Wars? I don't know. I, I, I don't think the relationship will ever be the same. They just don't have the impact in our culture that they yeah. used to. But that's not really why I would do it either. I'm... I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't it also feel that the more work you put in the movie, the less people give a shit? <laughs> the one that you put the least amount of work gets in the most notice <laughs> you know that's might be true for me i don't know for sure but yeah i don't know i always thought that like the movies would be my children and i'd be really proud of them and i'd want to have posters on the wall of the movies that i've made and Really, I don't want anything to do with any of my movies. It's not that I don't like them or I'm not proud of them because I am, except for one, maybe two. (laughs) But I don't know. When they're done, they're done. And they didn't give me, I didn't get a reward from them like I thought I would. Yeah, and also, none of them are as good as RoboCop when you got that poster. Yeah, I know. Nothing's going to ever be as good as RoboCop. Like, I don't even know how you do it. Just watched it the other day. I, I watched the new 4K and it looked great. 
that's that's part of what it is now too. The the, the number of stories that you can tell with what we've got available to us is limited. I think. Hey, birdies! I'm sorry, my birds are so annoying. That's all right. And I want to tell a big story, and if I can't, then I just won't even try. You know, that's a lot of hard work, and it's just like you got to take time off work. And just physically, it just I know as far as acting, it, it sometimes it fucks you up. Like Batman, like I was exhausted because I I had to starve myself, and I just wanted to kill everybody. Yeah. And like I see everybody else all happy afterwards. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't happy after. <laughs> no, I mean like after the the night was wrapped, everybody's like, oh, let's relax. I'm like, I want to go to fucking sleep or just sit and veg out. I don't fucking. Me and you are similar in that way. Like we don't party, so we just like, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I'm not social about it too much. I can't but they were all great experiences. I like and, all the people that were on the movie. It's not that. It's just they're they're fun to work with, and I like being around them. But I just I'm I don't know. I'm just weird. I'm a habitual creature, you know. Oh yeah, you go to bed early, and we were up till like ten or eleven or midnight. I don't remember. Like that's fucking late. <laughs> all a blur at this point. Did have a lot of fun at that. Uh, the Michigan location was really fun. The mansion? Yeah, Michigan. that was cool. That was nice because it was different. You know, it was almost like kind of a vacation at the same time. A little bit, yeah. Just because you're in the middle of nowhere and you could like just like when you when I jogged around that place, it was nice. It was just different, you know? Yeah. It's different. I wish I'd rewritten the script so that it all took place at that mansion and we never had to shoot at that barn. It was um, but yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I like the bad man uh, up until we leave the mansion. Yeah. And then the, la the, the whole last quarter of the movie had to be shot so quick. I've got so many regrets about it. We didn't uh, do that fight scene as well as we should have. We had no, we were sitting there, it was like 100 degrees, and we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even, no one had a brain right there. That was torture. That was the worst day of shooting I've ever had on any movie. Because uh, it was literally 100 degrees. It was yeah. horrible. The the first shoot, it was like 10 degrees. Yeah. Michigan, and then the next one was like 100 degrees. <laughs> the weather always conspires to screw you over when you're independent filmmaking. Yeah. That's why it's just like, don't shoot outside, right? <laughs> if you can help it. But outside looks so much better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Find me a script. I don't know. I can't. Well, I want to put out feelers, but I'm scared to, because like then you'll actually get scripts and they'll all suck and it'll just be depressing as hell. You know, yeah, have just to read them. two scripts, just read two pages, and then fucking throw it in the garbage. I want people to send me like a paragraph to like tell me what it's about first. Just a treatment, maybe, or just a, a cover. Not page. even a treatment. What is it about in a paragraph? Because I can tell in a paragraph if there's something there or not. Usually. Yeah, if it's a movie worthy, right? And what if I don't do horror? I mean, your movies are all like dark drama horrors, right? Anyways, Harvest Lake is most definitely more of the horror because the what makes a horror movie sometimes, right? Is it the yeah. tone or is it the supernatural elements or what? Depends who's who you're asking. I don't fucking know. I just don't know if anyone would want to watch it if it wasn't horror. Because you know why? People like horror, they'll watch it. Yeah, um, there's a lot of independent comedies that come out and I feel like nobody watches them. I don't even watch the studio comedies because they're not funny. <laughs> Actually, no. I just don't have the right sense of humor. I've I've learned that. Other people understand comedy more than I do. 
I feel like a lot of comedy, it, it, it either pertains to when you saw it at a certain age or like is definitely just nostalgic of that certain age, if that makes any sense. Like I love you know. I love the SNL time with like Tommy Boy and Billy Madison, but I grew up at age six, seven, eight watching that shit. So that's what I per- am the Simpsons, early Simpsons. So that's what I think's funny. Yeah, and also just dark shit, you know, like weird shit because I watch a lot of weird, gross shit. You watch all kinds of shit, huh? You watch all kinds of shit. Yeah, a lot of shit doesn't make me laugh. I feel bad when I watch a, a indie horror comedy or something. And like everything, the if I don't find it funny, it doesn't mean it's not funny. It means I don't find it funny, so I don't like it. it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not fucking funny to me. So I don't know what you want me to. Oop, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, it's not funny. Sorry. I feel bad when I review a comedy movie because I know ahead of time I'm not going to like it, and then I never do. <laughs> it's very rare. I'm just not the person to go to if you want an opinion about a comedy. Oh, that's kind of like Roger Ebert. He hated almost all comedies, right? I don't know. But he hated all the dumb comedies. I think he liked Rocket Man, though. What he gave Rocket Man a good review. I remember. I've never seen Rocket Man, but it looked dumb as shit. Yeah, it looked like a Leslie Nielsen farce thing or something. Yeah. I don't know. It, people are inconsistent, all of them. No, but uh, my friends call me the comedy police. Because, like, I, everybody will find something funny. Like, what was the movie The Fear of Everything Living with uh, Simon Pegg? Yeah, I don't like any of those. This one's different. This isn't a uh, Edgar Wright movie, but Simon Pegg, it was okay. It was a fine movie, but like, there's a scene where it's like, we're going to have the white guy, the white nerdy guy sing a bunch of rap music in his underwear. And I was like, oh, this is fucking low hanging fruit. Not funny. And everybody else thinks it's funny. I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's just, it's lazy. Yeah. Although I will always laugh at a fart. Yeah. That always gets me. I don't know. Something, or at least a smile. Yeah, inconsistence, right? Like, I don't know, like, dirty work makes me laugh, and all it is is fucking dick and fart jokes, but they're funny, and it's it's the comedians. You either like them or you don't, so. has a big, a lot to do with it, yeah. Like, uh, Baby Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, at the very end when he's dancing, I was like, that's such fucking jingle Hallmark bullshit for the, uh, the everybody to be like, isn't that cute? Oh, no, boy, Baby Groot. Like, I, I can just oh. see through that shit. Like, but I like I, I don't I haven't watched the Mandalorian, but Baby Yoda looks. Cool. I know people are like getting any Baby Yoda is like fuck off. I don't care. Baby <laughs> Yoda, he looks cool. I like it. You know what I mean? Groot, the little baby Groot dancing though. That movie was good, so it earns the right. It was a good movie, but they it was such obvious fucking just. You know what I mean? Now, if that movie had not been good up until a moment like that, I would have hated it more for trying <laughs> at that point with yeah. that tactic. But you, you have to earn those cheap shots. Then then it's okay. Well, like I said, if you hate a movie for that, you didn't like it first. Yeah, that's true. That uh, is you, very true. Do you have anything else to say, Scott? It's been fun. Uh, if you have a really original horror screenplay, uh, email me and tell me a paragraph of what it's about. <laughs> if I like it, I'll write you back. And if I don't, I won't. Sounds um, good. Uh, otherwise, uh I don't know. I just like watching movies and reviewing them. You can check out my reviews at scottsmoviereviews.com if you're interested. Yep, it's a nice looking website too. Thanks. Even though you I hate Hudson it. Hawk. What? Nothing. I said even though you hate Hudson Hawk. I'm sorry. Did I give it a four or a three? I think I gave it a three. Oh, you know what kind of stuff I give a three? I give like unwatchable SOV movies a three. I don't even know if I could review those. <laughs> Might be able to get through Redneck Zombies. 
They become redneck zombies. <laughs> if movies are that bad, I I don't I just try not to watch them. I've, I think I've only seen like three ones. It's uh redneck zombies is essentially just South Park style humor SOV zombies. Hmm. Made in like eighty seven. You won't like it. Probably not. All right. Well, I'll let you go. All right, Parker. It's always good to see you, man. Same, same. You're Bye-bye. gonna be at Wasteland, right? Um, you know what? I think I am. I'll see you then. If, if my friend Dave uh, goes through with it, he and his wife are gonna come up, and they invited me to go with them. And since Bunny, my bird was sick, but now he's better. I think I can make it. That's awesome. I'll see you there, right? All righty.